0: How do you fall forward with curiosity after a job loss? In today's episode, our special guest, Nat Schooler, shares his journey for falling forward from unemployment to entrepreneurship. Stay tuned to his inspiring story. You won't want to miss it. And for more inspiring leadership podcasts and blogs, go to the Lima Charlie Network website at Network. Com.
1: Yo, what's up, everyone? This is Joe Bogdan from the Llama Leadership Team and co-host of the Llama Lounge Podcast. And I wanted to share with you this amazing opportunity to become a published author and become a Firestarter. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Well, it did to me. And joining the Firestarters Book Project was an amazingly easy and fun way to get my feet wet in the published author space. Shay and Christine made it so easy to navigate through the publishing realm and gave me the blessed opportunity to share my story with the world and they would love to do the same for you. They are seeking aspiring authors like you to collaborate with them and the best part is that they are going to do all of the hard work for you. All you have to do is commit to the process. You have nothing to lose and so much to gain. So join the team by visiting firestartersbookproject.com and tell them Joe sent you. It will change your life for the better, I promise.
0: Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and your business by transforming trauma into treasure. So check out my new co-author collaborative book called #FireStarters. How to be a spark of hope in the midst of change at my website at shaysparks.com. And while you're there, feel free to connect with me with all the social media links like LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Today, our guest is the incredible Nathaniel Schooler. Welcome to the show, Nathaniel.
2: Thank you. Appreciate the warm welcome.
0: And do you prefer Nathaniel or Nat?
2: I don't mind, actually. I'm kind of relaxed. Nathaniel's good. Nat's good. I used to be scared of Nathaniel because it was always when I got told off by my mother, really, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Got it. So we'll use Nathaniel and then your middle name when addressing you. (laughs) (laughs) So, gosh, we just met, connected, I don't even know, a few months ago, right? Out of a Facebook group. Yeah. 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 And where in the world are you? I'm in Croatia. Croatia, yes. And for our listeners, they might be able to hear that you might have a little bit of a different accent than I do. So where are you from originally?
2: (laughs) Well, I'm from the UK. I'm from a little village, actually, in Surrey, but I've lived all over the place, really. And my father, he's from Connecticut, and he went to MIT. So I kind of had a lot of pressure around that when I was a kid and really... I just don't like being told what to do. So like a lot of people, I kind of bucked the university trend, really, to be honest.
0: Nice. And we'll dive into more of that conversation here in a minute. But for those of you who don't know, Nathaniel Schooler is a futuristic podcast host, entrepreneur and trusted advisor. He believes that people need to be empowered to create their own success by overcoming obstacles and designing their lives for personal and business success. He is the chief operating officer of Legacy Media Hub, your brand, your vision, your story, leaving a legacy. It is a trusted global incubator of hands-on resources and tools that help you become awesome at growing your business. Also, he has co-founded the first international imposter Syndrome Awareness Day. So I can't wait to dive into about all those things. And you can find out more about him at natschooler.com on his website. So Nat, it is always tradition here at The Power of Investing in People is to ask uh, the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? (laughs)
2: Well, I think really it's, it's about self-development and, and actually empowering people so that they can uh, really achieve your company goals and also achieve goals for themselves, creating, creating the lives that they want, really.
0: I love that. And so you talked about, or I had read in your bio about overcoming obstacles. So has there been an obstacle that you have overcome that you really saw that it was important to overcome it. And then naturally the results of that just kind of overflowed onto your community, your business, maybe your family.
2: I think there's been loads of obstacles, really. I mean, like everyone, you know, I'm 45, right. And over the last, what, let me see the last, I'd say the last 15 years have been the most traumatic of my life. I think before that I didn't really have any resilience at all. And, uh, kind of I don't know I don't really think I knew a huge amount about myself or what I wanted out of life I think that we all suffer right and I think there are various moments in our lives that we suffer I think money is the worst one I think that Mm. for me has been the toughest one I think it was a kind of yeah, it's messed up my life in many ways early on. I was in my family business, and then we had problems with that in the last recession in like 2008 due to uh, various factors. And my dad made me redundant and sat opposite me in a meeting and made me redundant. And that was pretty awful, actually. And then I have fond memories. I had a really nice Triumph motorcycle at the time, and I remember riding to the job center and I would ride to the job center. It was about half an hour and it was along the best road my whole life. I love this road still. And I'm in Croatia and I still, I kind of think about this road and I'm like, "Mm -hmm." because when you get to know a road really well, you enjoy the journey. But I kind of got there one day and I parked my motorcycle in the usual spot and went in to see this lady called Rita. And Rita made me laugh because she was almost retired and she was mid, maybe late fifties, early sixties. And she was always so negative. Mm. And I would turn up there and she'd be like, well, Mr. Schouler, what have you done this week then? And she would almost abuse me, like mentally abuse me every time I went to see her. And every week I would be really positive. And I would be like, well, it's going to be all right, Rita. I've been doing lots of things. Basically just give her this complete positive download of my vibes, right? And that's how I would explain it. Mm. When you're trying to make someone realise that you're not who they think you are and you're not like everybody else. Because a lot of people in the job centre, you get quite a lot of different people back in those days you'd have people who were long-term unemployed and and Mm. they would walk in there and just go and sign the piece of paper and and they'd just give them a load of BS really. And actually they didn't want a job. They weren't really interested. But me, I wanted a job. Like I love working, right? And I've got loads of skills, but back then I was kind of a salesman and I got a self-employed job, literally just walking straight into a meeting and shaking hands with this guy. I got a job, a commission only sales agent, basically for a brewery, right? But that was Mm. shortly after my parking ticket that i got on my motorcycle at the job center which is what i was going to tell you Uh. about i literally parked there and and i parked it right on the pavement but the pavement was like 10 feet wide and and i parked this bike right next to the wall okay and i came out and then there was this ticket on my bike right and i was just So surprised. I was really angry at the time. And then I got home and I was just like, wow, that put life into perspective, right? Because it was a £60 ticket. And at the time, being unemployed, you'd get £35.64 a week, right? Mm. So that was a huge amount of money. And I just kind of laughed in the end because it was just like the sheer situation I was in. It wasn't actually that bad. I've been in worse situations than that, to be honest. But I, I actually think that it's good for people because it gives them a chance to perhaps learn skills that they... Really should learn. It gives them a chance to appreciate life and appreciate the things that they do have when they do kind of eventually get back uh, into the working world. Right. But literally shortly after that experience with Rita, eventually she she became quite positive, actually, Mm. interestingly enough, bless her. probably 85 now 80 years (laughs) old you know uh 75 80 now right and well retired but the thing was one day i was having a beer in my local pub or a bar as you like to call it in america right Mm -hmm. and at that point real ale was becoming really popular so craft beer yeah as you guys know it right out Mm -hmm. there And, and i saw this beer in my local bar and it said champion beer of Britain on the pump clip, right? And mm-hmm. then I went into a few other bars and I couldn't see this beer anywhere. So I called up the brewery and I said, I love your beer. And I don't really see it very often in my area. Maybe we should meet up and have a conversation, and see if I can perhaps sell that for you. <laughs> and this <laughs> literally on the telephone when you could phone people and they wouldn't hang up on you, right? Right. Like back right. in the day, yeah. Right. What <laughs> are
0: you selling me? Right. The phone. right. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I basically called the manager. His name was Chris, and and he said, "Sure, great. Uh, are you around tomorrow?" I said, "Sure, I'll see you tomorrow." So, literally, I drove for about forty five minutes an hour. I arrived in this little town called Alton, which is quite a big town, actually, in in Hampshire in the UK. It's where a lot of the watercress is grown. And actually, it's got a massive history of brewing, a huge history, because the water is so pure that it is just exceptional for Mm. brewing, right, in that particular town. yeah. So I basically... Went there and I turned up and I went into this pub and it was right near the station. It was called the Railway Inn and I walked in and I looked. I looked around and and there was eventually this girl came out from the bar and I sort of looked at her. I said, "Oh, is uh, is Chris around?" She said, um, "What?" She looked at me like I was some sort of alien and I was like, "I was like, this is funny. What's going on here?" Because it was actually there. It was supposed to be the pub where I was meeting them, the uh-huh. Railway Inn. But cut a long story short. It was that moment where you stand there and you feel like an idiot and you look around and that two seconds feels like 20 seconds. Yeah. And then her, her boss came out and he said, well, how can I help? And I said, well, uh, it's Chris here. You Chris? No, no, I'm not Chris. So he looked at me like I was an alien as well. And then i was like, what's going on here? Right. And then that awful moment again where you feel terrible. And he said, oh, you must mean the pub across the street. So I was in the, wrong, in the wrong pub. Two pubs, same name, oh, completely funny. opposite street. I huh the railway Inn, right? So I took a walk across the street. I walk in and the pub's absolutely packed. Yeah, it's like 11 o'clock, right? It's packed. Chris is there. He says, oh, you're not. I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, do you want a beer? <laughs> so we stood there. <laughs> I had a beer, right? And then literally we shook hands on a 10% commission deal for me to sell beer for them. And then I was like, okay, see you later, Chris, and uh, I'll go and get some sales. So then I drove home, feeling pretty pumped. I walked into this pub, the first pub I got to, which was like a free house, because you have free houses and then you have pubs that are tied to breweries, right? Okay. So this was a free house and they can buy whatever they want. So I walked in and I said... uh, Hi, uh, I'm from uh, blah, brewery. And this chap said, Oh, I'd like some of your beer. I have three casks. I've just run out. So, literally, I called the brewery. I said, Yeah, Alan from the Black Fox, he wants some of your beer and he wants it to be delivered today. He's run out of beer. And they said, What? And I said, Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I'll need to talk to Chris about my wages. <laughs> <laughs> and then I proceeded to actually max out their capacity completely. And that was really, really epic. I mean, they were quite a large microbrewery compared to a lot of small ones. They were fairly large, but I got a listing with them with the national chain uh, of pubs and basically, yeah, managed to sell pretty much every, everything that they had. So um, it was an interesting transition, really, to be honest.
0: How fun. So here you are going to the job center, which I'm guessing is like our unemployment And within a short period of time, you're now self-employed and have a business. Awesome. So had you had a business before or had you just worked in your dad's business and really saw that he was also an entrepreneur?
2: Yeah, I'd worked in my dad's business for quite a long time, about seven years. And I'd always wanted my own business. But at this point, then I kind of went off on my honeymoon for five weeks, got married, came back. And they were like, oh, we don't need you anymore, but like, here's a few thousand. So they gave me a few thousand, few thousand pounds, right? Which to be fair was pretty cool. I'd only been there for, you know, kind of, I don't know, probably like six, seven months, but then I managed to get another job with another brewery, but I also did that job. I had another job when I was doing that, working for a brand design company as well, like selling drinks brand design, which was just amazing. I learned all about branding from like top people who who worked on huge brands. And that was kind of a turning point in my life to head towards marketing because I set up a marketing business at the same time when I was working, I think I was working two or three jobs we had a baby, but it was so tough that it didn't work out. Unfortunately, my business partner went one way, I went with, went the other. And over the years since then, I've kind of fallen forwards, right? And just mm. basically just at one point I was like, okay, I'm going to do social media for a living, right? So I did that for a while. didn't really like it, but I learned a lot about social media. And and that was the case for writing blogs. I wrote blogs for IBM and that was really good at the time. But then that didn't work out right. So then I kind of moved forwards and just kept on kind of just going going from uh, one opportunity to another, really, until until kind of... Probably about a year and a half ago, I partnered with a lady called Kim Adele Randall, and she's just incredible. And we're building this business together. And it's amazing because she has all the skills that I don't have and a a lot of the skills that I do have as well. So we're a very good team because we can cross over into things that we're both good at. And also we can go off and do things that perhaps the other one doesn't do, you know. So it's fantastic, really, to be honest.
0: Well, I love that what you're saying is that you tried all these different things. And even though it may not have worked out, you didn't look at yourself as a failure. In fact, you just kept going. And even if you did look at yourself as a failure, you kept going. You didn't let it stop you.
2: Exactly. I think, I think that there is, there is some sort of delusion there in, in many cases. I think that, I think that there is a, There is almost a false confidence that covers up what you're lacking. And I think once you manage to uh, align your confidence with your ability, then really things start to fall into place. Right. But that is the hardest thing, because for a lot of people, they may be over egg their abilities. So they may think that they're better than they are. And then other people may be just amazing at stuff and then think, well, I'm a real imposter here. Like, I can't do this. Like, someone's going to find out that I'm just terrible at this, right? And I think for a lot of people, like, over 70% of people suffer from imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... I think it's very tough for a lot of people. I think in the corporate world is very tough as well. I don't think it matters if you want a job or you want to be an entrepreneur. I don't think it makes any difference really. I think that it it can be hard, but I think having the right people around you who will encourage you when you're perhaps down or you might've messed something up or you might think you've got a problem. And actually that problem is not a problem. It's an opportunity. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, I've been learning a lot from Kim Adele in the past uh, year and a half. We work together every day, right? And I've been learning a lot of stuff. And she says that everything in life is a lesson, a blessing or both. Mm. And, you know, I'm a real believer in that. I think that that's absolutely true, you know, and I mean, my dad, bless him, he's like 80, 88 years old, right? Coming mm-hmm. up this year, he regrets losing his his business. I obviously regret that as well, because it feels personal to me. But the thing is, you know, he won the JP Morgan Award from mm-hmm. MIT, right? Wow. Which is like, they only give two of those, I believe, every year, right? So he interviewed prospective students for MIT for 45 years. So if you're in the UK, wow. you wanted to go to MIT, he would be the guy that would like get his pad of paper out and like ask you really awful questions. Yeah. And I see him as a massive success. I mean, he ran his business for 25 years. Right. And, and it was a success. And back in the day he used to teach business strategy. And, and for me, my dad is like a massive, uh, massive success, despite the fact that he lost everything because actually he needed to retire anyway. It was nearly 80 years old when that happened. So I think if he hadn't retired, perhaps he wouldn't be here anymore. So mm-hmm. it's amazing that he's still here. And he's just been like so encouraging with everything I've done because he understands like the entrepreneurial journey and the career journey that you kind of need to go through.
0: What kind of business did your dad have?
2: He had a winery. We used to make cures and mead. You heard of mead? hmm Yeah. Because his theory, I mean, he's obviously, because he's American, he's like, everyone's read Beowulf, right? So if everyone's read Beowulf, you obviously have, with you smiling at me like that, right? <laughs> so <laughs> the fact is that in his mind, it's like, well, everyone's read Beowulf, right? So I can sell me to America. So we, we exported like 10% of our product to the States. We used to sell it to the historic Royal Palaces, the Tower of London, Hampton Court, like literally all of the top gift shops in the UK. And... It was what it was. A lot of people lost businesses in the last recession. A lot of people did. And that was just, that's just the way it is. And now you look at what's happened now, like the world has been just decimated. Like you're looking, I forget how many businesses have just fallen from this COVID stuff, but we're Mm -hmm. talking like it's, the figures are are, are ridiculous. Yeah. So anyone listening to this, right? You've got to get out of that mentality and just pull yourself together and get started again. Right. Right. We've all been there. We've all been through struggles and you know, uh, this is life, right? It's the way it is at the end of the day. That's my attitude, really.
0: Well, it's a great attitude to have. Going back to um, what you said about your dad and, and imposter syndrome and how he's looking at himself one way because he's 80 something years old and he's still not having his business. My dad was the same way. He passed away at 79, but he kind of finally retired from his business at 75. He was still an employee for another company up until he passed away. And he used to say the same thing. Oh, it was all my fault. And I'm like, dad, it was successful for 20 something years. Like it's okay that things close. So for in my position that I'm at now, I mean, I literally just closed my business a, a few weeks ago after 28 years, my business wasn't, well, it was sort of 28 years. It was 14, but that's a whole other story. But it's funny to me how imposter syndrome takes over so much of our thoughts that we literally will allow it to stop ourselves in moving forward. And I love that you say you fall forward because I think we all fall forward. We just look at it that we're falling behind or if we're falling back, but really we're falling forward. We just don't see the blessing or the lesson in it.
2: Exactly. Very profound. It's yeah. really weird for me to be interviewed. I find it really weird because normally I get to ask the questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you make me feel a lot more comfortable than usually when I'm interviewed.
0: Well, good. <laughs> when you're normally interviewed, are you nervous? Are you. It's okay. Uh,
2: I've got wine today. Maybe that's it. <laughs>
0: Maybe that's it. <laughs> I'm like, sure, drink some wine. Yeah. Relax. Yeah, because it's five o'clock somewhere and you're somewhere. Hey, so. it's 6
2: p.m. here. Yeah. There
0: you go. Yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, when I used to work in the wine merchant, because I worked in the wine merchants when I studied wine, because I, I actually studied wine studies in the end when I was like 21. And I spent a long time finishing this course. But I, the other day I had a dream about my dad and actually how proud he was when I graduated because I got an HND, which is almost a degree. Right. And I didn't realize actually how proud he was because when, you know, he left the States, he's got like three daughters out there. And I think that he would have loved to have gone to their graduations and, you know, he missed it. Right. Because he had a divorce and it was messy and, you know, and, and these things happen in life. Right. And eventually the pain gets less. Eventually we adapt. Right. But like, you know, I think sometimes sometimes, if we have inspiration to do something like this is what I find is that I speak to a lot of people and, and a lot of these, a lot of the people that I speak to, they're kind of stuck. They're in a, they're in a turning point. They've either had kids and, and hadn't worked for like 10 years. Right. Or they're in a job that they don't like, or they don't have a job or they want a better job. Right. and And then I think, well, what are you doing? Like, are you, you learning new skills? Right. And the fact is, is that the people, the people that are learning new skills are the people who are going to get to where they want to get to, because eventually, you know, if you use that childlike kind of, how do I put this? Enthusiasm for what you're doing. Let's, let's call it that. Childlike curiosity. That's the word I'm looking Mm -hmm. for. Right. Mm -hmm. And if we have this childlike curiosity for what we're doing, eventually, the momentum just builds because the more you learn about something, the more of an expert you become, right? And Mm -hmm. sure, there are going to be things you don't know. Everybody has things they don't know. But the more time you spend learning things, the, the more successful and the luckier you become, right? But you can't expect to just... Fall into something without taking action. And this is what I absolutely, I'm really fed up with in the self-development industry is people saying, Oh, don't worry. You just relax and meditate and you're going to manifest, right? This is the biggest BS my entire life. And these people <laughs> suck money out of people they probably cause suicide because they Mm. actually encourage lack of activity because Mm -hmm. the only thing that's going to get you somewhere is if you get off your ass, right? It's very simple.
0: (laughs) Gosh, so many things that you said right there. So I'm going to pick up the confidence muscle that you were kind of talking about. That's what we're building, right? When you're taking steps to step out of your comfort zone and learn learn something new, learning a new skill, you're building up that confidence muscle. And with (laughs) meditating and manifesting, there's a difference between what you had mentioned, but there's also about you meditate and the answer of what your next step is will come to you. And that is when you take action by stepping out of your comfort zone and following through with that, which leads to the next action step, which leads to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. Because I fully believe that you had mentioned it before, you're in alignment. When you are taking steps out of your comfort zone, the next door will appear. And when you walk through all that, when you said um, curiosity, childhood curiosity, I call it exploring with curiosity or curiosity exploration. You just kind of go, oh, well, what's in here? What's in this door number one? What's in this door number two? What am I supposed to learn? Who am I supposed to meet? What am I, who, am I, you know, who am I supposed to connect with? Where is this going to take me? And going from a standpoint of, like you said, curiosity, rather than a standpoint of having an agenda or having an expectation of where this is going, that just listening to your story so far literally has led you to where you are today because you've just been like, oh, well, what's in here? Who am I supposed to learn? And you had the attitude of that whole alignment of letting go of expectations, just Forward falling, the whole curiosity and exploring, because you did that even all the way back to having the conversation with Rita. You handled it with yeah. grace. And I think that's what a lot of people in today's world, especially, you know, pivot became the word of 2020, right? And you have literally been pivoting your whole life in these different areas and you carry it with an attitude of grace and gratitude rather than you know, oh, whoa, is me, self-pity, imposter syndrome, which don't get me wrong. I know myself, it happens, but I don't stay there. Yeah. The key is no, to not get but, uh, stuck uh, there.
2: But I tell you, I think that we are limited by our beliefs. I think that I started studying imposter syndrome about a year and a half mm-hmm. and, I, and I started studying it and I carried on and I interviewed loads and loads of people and I listened to Kim tell her story and I helped her she kind of coached me to coach her. So she's like a master coach, right? So mm-hmm. she's, she's also the CEO of our business. Yeah. So, so I kind of, I boosted her confidence and she boosted my confidence, right? Because she suffered from imposter syndrome for like 30 years. Yeah. And despite making it to a FTSE uh, 250 board level director and becoming hugely successful in the corporate world, she suffered from this. And then after getting to the point of understanding what it was. I realized that I actually suffered from it. Right. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like a visible thing. Like it, it, it's not a visible thing, but the thing is, it goes back to the beliefs that we have about ourselves.
0: Absolutely. And,
2: yes. You know, these are formulated when you're seven, mm-hmm. I think 14 and 21. Right. So mm-hmm. they're a bit like table legs. So, if you know, what I did is I basically, every day, I still do it now, every day, when I wake up, if I'm feeling a little negative, I'll get a piece of paper and I will write down what I think about myself, and I'll mm. write down what I think. And then I'm like, "What's the evidence that this is rubbish, right? Mm. OK And then I cross, I cross it out, and I write the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I'm still doing this. I'm still going through this, and this is like a year, probably or seven months into into where I'm at now. And I still go through this, and then like, and then I'm like, but all of these people trust me, right? So I have people working with me who have, you know, like we have Nelly, who's like she used to run Scandinavia's largest media company, right? It's like a hundred and something employees which is large in Scandinavia, right? And she's interviewed the Dalai Lama, the Pope, President Clinton, the founder of IKEA. Like I work with her like every week, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, we write together and record podcasts and stuff. And I work with Kim and, and then there's Juan as well, who's on our team now, who's like, you know, 18 years as an entrepreneur, right? And it's like, these people see something in me so I need to see that in myself, right? And believe what they think about myself. Kim says a lot about borrowing someone's belief. So you yes. you borrow someone's belief in you, right? And it's absolutely transformational. Once you once you get to realize what your skill set is and then you use it, it just becomes easy because you're really good at it and you know that if you step either side of that skill set, that it may not be as smooth and it may stress you out. But then each time you try and stretch yourself outside of the skill set, you learn something more and then you can slowly kind of broaden your skill set a little bit. Perhaps you don't want to do all of those things yourself, but at least you can understand what it takes to do those things. That's how I kind of look at things really, to be honest.
0: Oh, it's absolutely true. It's I love that you're you're journaling the thoughts that you're having, and then realizing that none of that is true. We are um, my first book that I wrote. What it's one of the it's it's a prompt journal, and that's one of the exercises I actually have uh, is in the book is to do that is to write down all the things that you say to yourself, and then write the opposite because fear is showing up that imposter syndrome is is a symptom of fear and it's showing up to protect you because you're stepping out of your comfort zone. You're taking a risk. You're doing something new. You're at, maybe you're at that turning point of what's next for me. Like you said, maybe it's employee to entrepreneur or it's like military to civilian life and and it's all new or it's um, new at this stage of life. It might be something you've done before, but it's new at this stage of life. Because you've never been at this moment right now before. So it's just so uh, amazing to me to hear other stories where people have really dived into themselves, invested in themselves, which is what you have done. And that's what your story has been. And then to hear it just naturally, it overflows. And now, because it's an overflows, you're in this amazing space where now you've partnered with other people who have done the exact same thing. And you guys are creating this um, beautiful media company together. It's just incredible. So thank you for sharing.
2: Thank you. I, I've so, enjoy, I so enjoy speaking with you. <laughs> I, I, I don't do that many interviews. Kim's the one that does a lot of interviews, but I don't really, I don't really, not as yet. But I think that will move forwards in the next kind of couple of years. You know, it's interesting, right? I mean, you know, I, I never forget though, when it came to the real turning point for me starting a podcast on my own. Yeah. That was a really interesting thing. I don't, did I tell you about that? Before? No, tell us. This is a really cool story, right? Yes. This is really cool. So, So I remember I was basically renting a room in an apartment with this guy called Hamish. Hamish was really cool. And it was basically like Joey and Chandler from, from friends. Right. (laughs) Okay. And, and we used to just watch TV and like cook and, you know, have a drink and have a conversation and stuff. And, and then one day I remember I, I was, I was basically washing my hands and I heard these words in my head telling me that I needed to start a podcast show. So I was like, they were really loud as well. And I was like, and at that point I I hadn't become a Christian, not officially. I was sort of, I was teetering on the edge. Right. So Mm -hmm. I kind of needed to get confirmed because you you need to, you can be baptized, but then later on in life, we have a thing where called being confirmed, right. Where you're kind of born again. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so I basically heard these words and then I had had a podcast before, so I had a few episodes in the archives. So I was kind of, you know, I was kind of set, right? I knew what I was doing. It wasn't like, it wasn't like doing something completely new for me because I knew how to do it. Yeah. But I, but I still heard these words and then two weeks later, I hadn't done anything. So I heard them again and uh, I was like, all right, all right, I'll do it. So then I basically built a website, recorded a couple more episodes, dug out one from the archives And I launched it and I put this one episode on the, on the website. And this was 2018. This was November, December, uh, no, October, 2018. And then, uh, and then I put my feet up and went, Oh, that's great. I've got, I've got a podcast now. And I just put my feet up and I heard these words saying, you're not working hard enough. Mm. And I was like, I was literally at that point, I was like, what? Come on, you're kidding me. And, and it was like the urge, it was like, you must work harder. And I was just like, all right, all right, I'll do it. So, so then let me see, I'm just thinking. So then, then literally I dug out a few more episodes and then I interviewed maybe two or three of my friends cause I'd built up some great connections. Right. So I interviewed some cool people and then I literally, launched six episodes five or six episodes in one week yeah it was six in one week in the run-up to christmas 29 uh, 2018 and then so after i did all these six episodes this is one per day right with full transcriptions okay with bad spelling mistakes right and everything else right titles wordpress blog Audio intro outro because my sister's like a VO specialist and right? nice. an actress and stuff, so I got her to do the intros and the outro and blah, blah blah. So then got to Christmas and I'd launched this and I had six episodes on top of the one I had before, and then heard these words again, right? Because I was like, oh, that's great, I can take a few weeks off, and then, and then I heard these words saying, no, you can't. You need to go and cook food for your dad, and you can have three days off, and you need to get back to work, right? Mm. And, and at that point, I was like, "I was like, you're kidding me. This has just nearly killed me doing these six episodes, yeah? And then I followed the advice. I kid you not, I followed the advice. And I basically got approached by the world's largest e-book publishing firm on the, the third day back in January. I did exactly the same, six episodes full transcriptions and on the wednesday so monday one episode tuesday wednesday they approached me and said we'd like you to record a series of expert talks for us and i was like what no way so i carried on releasing these episodes and 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 arranged a call with the lady next week and i said okay you you need to give me 20 grand if you want me to do that and, and I told my buddy Eric and he said, well, where's their company based? Cause he's Danish. Right. And, and he said, Oh, they're in Denmark. He said, they're not going to give you any money. And I, I was literally, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I've got to accept the fact that they may not pay me anything. So then she said, no, no, we can't do that. The CEO says no. So then I was like, okay, well, I don't want to lose this opportunity. So I didn't say that, but I got her on a call and I said, so, you know, who are your clients? She said, well, KPMG, Lidl, banks, pharmaceuticals, engineering firms. At the point, she said, Lidl, banks, pharmaceuticals. I muted my microphone. We weren't on video and I was jumping up and down like going, yes, screaming in the air. Right. So then then I was like, "Okay, calm down. You need to talk to her now. And then I took my mic off mute and I said, "Um, so, you know, how much uh, is this going to pay me? Right. She said, well, we pay for life of the content every six months. And, uh, you know, I said, well, if I give you one episode, how much is that going to give me? She gave me a figure and in my childlike brain, I I can't say I was motivated. So the easiest thing for me to do was to times that by a hundred in my mind. So times the figure by a hundred in my mind. And I said, (laughs) okay, I will give you a hundred of these within three months. All right. And And that's what I did. And, and since then they've grown from 80 staff to 120 and Mm. all the topics that they gave me at the beginning were just so spot on that basically it makes me more money every six months. I just can't, I just can't believe it. I'm like, I'm literally just can't believe it. I'm just so happy. And I'm continually working with them now and and carrying on with that in my spare time alongside what we're doing in our business, because it just makes sense to, to continue that, right? So I'm kind of over the moon with it. But the point I'm trying to make is not how great I am. It's not about me. It's about the advice from the man upstairs saying, look, this is what you've got to do. And if you have an inkling and you have any advice like that come to you that says you need to do something, you, if you don't do it, you're going to suffer. And this is the problem. This is the challenge because you will suffer. I'm not saying you're not going to suffer after you've taken it either, but uh, the suffering right. of not doing it is going to be probably worse, right?
0: <laughs> well, I think there's something that, again, that is not something that's really talked about. So I love that you brought it up. It's about being obedient. Right. As a believer or anyone who even believes in that gut instinct or that little voice or, you know, a a higher power, God, universe, whatever. I, I know you and I, we both believe in God, is that when you hear that and then you follow through with it, then more will come later to continue to follow through. So that's where that whole, again, that door opening is when you meditate or when you pray, or when you have that belief system in place, literally doors start to open and then it is your duty. It is your responsibility to show that you are being obedient by opening that door and having the conversation and putting it on mute so you can jump up and down. But it's it's really about... <laughs> Being obedient. Right. And so I love that you said that. So it just goes to show you because you did a podcast. Now you have set up an income, a recurring income for a lifetime of the content. I mean, that's beautiful beautiful. And I just want to emphasize that because so many people say to me, and I've done podcasting for three years. Well, I don't think I could start a podcast. And what's the point of starting a podcast? And it's like, well, why would you not? If you feel like you have something to say or a gift to give back, why would you not start a podcast? Right? So I love, love, love that you have such a great success story on how your podcast really evolved quickly for you. Uh, not all us are that
2: lucky. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's that quick.
0: It, no, that's it, what I'm it, saying. It evolves quickly because you put out the first, you know, six episodes. And oh, the,
2: with, with in that regard, yeah. it, yes, but the, yes. But the thing is, though, is that anything that you do really in my personal opinion is a five-year plan. It doesn't have to be in the beginning. It doesn't have to be a five-year plan, right? Like everyone panics about like a five-year plan and breaking it down to these smart objectives, which frankly, anyone that mentions smart, measurable, achievable, and whatever yeah. to me, I just Gross. go like that. Right. Yeah. But there are other goals. There's another goal setting method, which is OKRS, which is much better. Right. And for me, I mean, I sat down with Kim a year and a half ago. No, uh, sorry, last January, and we just did another one this January. But we basically last January we did our five year vision,
1: mm-hmm. so we
2: created a vision of what we want to achieve and what we want to build for the world in five years, right? And the thing is, is that giving back is like a massive part of, of yes. what of what we do, and and i think that if you have something that is purpose driven right like you just have like whether you believe in god or not i really, it doesn't matter to me i'm not interested but what i am interested in is that purpose for creating something that is going to change lives right like that if it just if this episode just inspires one person yeah then i'm perfectly happy if it inspires a thousand. That will make my day. Right. But you know what? It doesn't matter because it's a momentum that is built. It's like if you throw a stone in a lake and there's no wind yeah, and you watch the ripples of that stone going into the lake. Right. Those ripples are people and you can affect generations of people just by doing like a small thing.
0: So true. Absolutely. Bravo. Amen. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up purpose because I believe that is, you know, what we're all here for. We're here for purpose and to find it and to create it and to go after it. So speaking of that, we just have a few questions before we wrap up. So what do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy?
2: Inspiring people to take action and get beyond the roadblocks that are stopping them from achieving their dreams right like that for me that is just huge it's huge because if i inspire 10 20 50 100 people in my life to take action and and stop listening to these morons that are telling them to meditate and do nothing then that will make
1: me very happy
0: Well, I can tell you because I have been connected to you for a while. You are living that legacy right now. You are inspiring others.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate you interviewing me.
0: Yeah, well, this has so been fun. And every time we've talked, it's just been so much fun. So thank you for being here. Where can people connect with you? What's your website, social medias, all of the things?
2: Well, they can get me on natschooler.com or legacymediahub.com. And we've got kind of, I don't know, over 400 pieces of content on there. I've just moved five websites in the last month.
0: <laughs> You've been a little busy.
2: <laughs> well, I've still got a lot of work to do. There's always something that I noticed that needs fixing, right? So there's just so much going on. There's so much. But I'd be delighted if anyone wants to connect with me. Nathaniel Schooler, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know, I'm kind of around, Yeah. But LinkedIn is a good place.
0: It's a good place. Awesome. And, you know, just to that point, an entrepreneur's job is never done, right? No. No. So natschooler.com and Nathaniel Schooler on LinkedIn for sure. So thank you, Nat. This has just been so, so fun and always such a joy. And I always like to leave with this question of what phrase, scripture or mantra are you living by right now?
2: That's a killer. Uh, I really don't know. I I suppose just living with purpose. I know it's a corny phrase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's Anthony Robbins, phrase, right? I don't know. There are so many things that are in the good book. You know, I could spend half an hour just thinking about it. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, I think just take action. Right. Just take take action and just just do it. Right. Is like, you know, and ask for help if you get stuck, too.
0: So I'm going to say take action to live on purpose.
2: Yeah, that's good. I like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Perfect. Fill me... me with that question. I'm like, really? you give me this question? I know. It's like the, the one that catches everyone off guard, which is the whole point of it, right? It's the one that pops up first. I'll so tell I tell you what, I've it. got a
2: better one than that. Yeah. Which is my own one, right? Okay. So it's listen more, do more, be more. And this is the way to success. And that is something that came to me while I was in the bath.
0: Well, that's the best time to think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why we're best friends, Nat. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so, so much for your time. And I know you've probably had a long day and you still had time to jump on here. So thank you for this.
2: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it and appreciate everyone who's listened as well.
0: And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. If you enjoyed this show, because I'm sure you did, I mean, that is a genius. And so you probably took some notes. Please feel free to share this with a friend. And until next time, let's get fired up.
1: Yo, what's up? This is Joe from the Llama Lounge Podcast, a proud member of the Lima Charlie Network. If you are interested in listening to diverse conversations about all things life, learning, and leadership between leaders and experts in the military as well as across the civilian industry, Follow the Llama Lounge on all podcast platforms and Llama Leadership on all social media outlets and visit our website at llamaleadership.com. New episodes post every Tuesday. We cannot wait to have you join us. In the meantime, be safe, stay healthy, and keep growing. Llamas out.